On this Byron Lazine podcast, I sit down with Tom Tool, number one team Philadelphia, mainline area. If you know Tom already, you know he's the objection handler king in real estate. The broke agent crashes the pod. We go deep on accountability and we give out the number one meeting hack that will change your business forever. I hope you enjoy the pod. All right, sitting here with my what I would consider my best friend in yeah. no, not not you, Eric. Come on, not I'm your best broker, conference friend. But my best friend in real estate as an agent. You're, okay. you're the broke agent, correct? Uh, Tom Tool, my man, my accountability partner, yes, I, and we are accountability partners, and it's it's aggressive accountability. It is very aggressive. What and is an I, accountability partner? Well, we'll explain it to you, Eric. Now, coming I've from got, the guy with no accountability, I've got my other uh, best friend here. <laughs> Eric, the broke agent, of course. Best so. party friend. Yeah, but this yeah, is all yeah. about Tom Tool. Eric's going to add some color. Okay, you know, I'll, just, like, I'll uh, just sit here and wait just, to just sprinkle some jokes in, just, I guess. Yeah, sprinkle in. Uh, this is all, all about Tom Tool. Tom's building an amazing business. He's been a team leader for how long? Since 2012, so 10 years. Been in real estate since 1992? 1990, I was 10, yes. That, yeah. that was, I was putting up signs. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got licensed when I was 19. So this is my 21st yeah. year as a licensed agent. 21st oh year. I mean, Tom Tool's a really uh, young guy and he's been in the business for a long time. So he's got both benefits working for him. Bobby, what do you, what do you need yeah, to tell you, Tom? All right. Sure. So, sorry. Wow. Jeez. Look, there we go. I'm looking at Tom. Now it's hard to, and I got to look at you like, can this, we so. fix this? It's like Bobby? I'm looking what, at Bane from yeah. Batman. This is insane. Yeah. I mean, they go. do something there. This mic's going to fall apart. The Tom's using. All right, so so I want to get into a bunch of the stuff. I'll just look at Eric. And we can start with the accountability stuff since Eric is unaware of accountability. Yeah, does that mean you the, just like call each other every day and make sure you do one, tasks? One, if if you're building a business right now, even if it's not in real estate, accountability is your friend. It's the world's most powerful source, right? Yes. It's, I say now the love language for all salespeople. So I, I like that. Yeah, the love language for salespeople. You got to have accountability in your business. Top performers in anything that they do have accountability. Think Michael Jordan, D-Wade, these guys hiring Tim Grover as their personal yes. coach when they had you know, some of the greatest coaches in the NBA. Kobe. Like, what's the next level of accountability? And getting around guys like Tom, Tom Toole, Tom Ferry, whoever, right? The, the broke agent. Have you ever had a podcast where you haven't mentioned Tim Grover? Uh, yeah, multiple. Okay. But I, I haven't heard him. I mean, I hear him in I every love, single episode. I mean, I love that that stuff. So you got to check out Tim Grover's books for sure. Or is, I, he might even have a podcast. Oh, Who knows? How about the audiobook? That's probably on your level, Eric. Just no, I don't. The audiobook's nah. great. Well, I, yeah, I'm doing the audio. I stuff, just listen, so. to, listen to winning. It's amazing. How's, it, how's accountability worked for you in your business? So accountability, it's a lot of people like the idea of accountability until they actually have to partake in yeah, the accountability good. like sounds it sounds good. good like this is going to help my business you've got to get real with the person on the phone and you got to have a partner that's going to actually hold you accountable i think that's yeah. the big miss for a lot of folks you gotta have the permission yeah and, and it's hey like things are not going well right now you've got to improve upon this and there's got to be some sort of specific measurable target that you're aiming for because if there's not like if you say you want to sell more houses what does that mean you're going to sell one more house a year you're not that's, specific, that's not specific enough helping so you know our we've had this accountability call and it's been around growing a team, which I think is different than most salespeople. But in the past, I've had like, you have to list X amount of homes this month. And yeah. there's some serious consequences if I don't or if I do. And that, that that's accountability. I had that with my coach uh, a couple times. So specific and measurable, consistent check-ins. And it's not like a hello call or, hey, how was your weekend? It's right. literally- Because I don't give a shit. 
I, I know you don't. And yeah. if you did, I'd call you outside the accountability call because that's not what it's for. Sure. Um, our calls literally start. Here's my number. Yeah. And every time we report the number, there, there, there's been no exceptions. And that's right. there's been times where, hey, I can't talk. I'm going to text you the number. Like it's, it's still that constant reporting of a number. And there's pressure in that. I'm trying to hit the same number you are. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fall behind, even though we're friends. Like that's what real, like it's peer pressure. It's a friendly competition, yes. so to speak. I mean, we're not being competitive on these calls. We're, we're pushing each other in a way where neither of us, it was a beautiful thing about me joining you, getting me into the yes. mastermind yep. years, years ago. I was like, Whoa, I'm, you know, the bottom guy in the rung here in this mm-hmm. group. And, and you guys even said, Hey, unless you like, get up to this level, there's not going to be a place for you in the mastermind, which is, you know, a friendly way of kicking my ass. Like, Hey, let's go, let's roll. Yep. Well, and, and our, it was interesting because we had a different accountability call that's turned into something more now, which is the 5am call, which was, I wanted to get serious call. about my, my business. Usually he stays up until 5am, I think is the, <laughs> is what happens. But, uh, it was, I just needed to get up and get serious about my business. I had some young kids. It was the only time yeah. I could get stuff done. So it was a must in order to make that, make our business better and that's how it kind of started and those calls turned into something else but that's right that was the first form of the accountability call that a lot of we i mean we don't even talk about this, this is the first time I've, we've actually like verbalized this particular thing so i just i just saw on i don't know some instagram comment or tiktok comment or whatever th- this guy's like you know you shouldn't have routines like that's not human. i did see it was on inman it was on inman this guy said this it's okay it's, it's nonsense oh, yeah, yeah. Having a, I, the, the, I read that this morning right. it, it was today it was today's uh yes uh, as of this filming today's inman like lead story and and it was somebody writing about like basically the opposite of this like you, you should give yourself permission not to have routines and then the first comment it was inman the first comment on the article the it was only tom tool the only comment no. um was talking about accountability no basically how like you, you can't be routine you got to live your life there there's a lot eric I, I'm, I'm gonna go to you here like there's a lot of uh people that have that mindset out there like just looking at culture right like a lot of people are like oh, i don't want to have a routine i don't, don't want to be like in a box right mm-hmm. do you i mean do you think um with what you've built with the broke agent you've had routine around that, not without realizing it or, or did you structure your routine? Do you think routine is important? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, being accountable to yourself is very difficult, especially with just the broke agent at the beginning, but I've been accountable with my posting strategy now for seven straight years. And that's the thing that's kept me alive and kept me relevant. What's that routine look like? I'm going to tell you. Okay, good. You gave me like one second to even introduce it. It's called (laughs) the the hook, which you love. Yeah, I love the hook. And then I wanted to make sure I was in the clip. Okay, exactly. This is a podcast (laughs) clip right now, by the way. 10 seconds starting now. Um, I posted every single day, two to three feed posts, five to 10, five to 15 Instagram story posts every single day for seven years. And now I'm at 377,000 followers, which is great. But this yes. has been accountability to the platform. And this is not just Instagram. This is sending out an email blast once a week. This is a Facebook post three times a day. This is a Twitter post 10 times a day, basically. Sure. So I've been trying to build this brand um, as much as possible on every platform by being accountable on a daily basis to real estate content 
acting as if I was a media company before we actually became a media company. How do you start the day of posting? What's that look like? Like I sit on the, the toilet and, the, and just think yeah, of something yeah. genius. What like do right, you mean? Is it like right when you wake up, you're, you're yeah. posting or, you know, how do you go about so it? So Instagram really cares about your cadence and about your consistency. So yeah. if they notice that you're posting the same time consistently each day, they actually start pushing that content a little bit more. Hmm. Um, so I, I wake up and I post an Instagram story kind of right off the bat because that kind of, you know, boots up the algorithm. Mm -hmm. Basically I post to bad real estate picks, which is my real estate fails account. And then I post an Instagram feed post around eight or 9am, another one around 1pm, then hopefully another one in the evening. And I always try to mix in a reel. And then I try to do a variety of posts too, where it's a meme, a tweet, text base, a slideshow, a reel a more long form video. So I'm constantly trying to like mix up the variety. These like stories and stuff that the broke agent that Eric's doing on the broke agent accounts, like role playing for an agent, it's like mm -hmm. warming up before you hit before you hit your warm. That's exactly leaf, then, what it is. I'm in the batter's here. box with a little you know weight on, basically <laughs> swinging <laughs> before I post my story. <laughs> it's like a five five four, right? Like Tom Perry yeah, talks about, exactly. like hit five people you know every day, yeah, five people you don't know for follow ups and. When you talk about accountability, this is the thing people don't like. They have to have a measurable, and they don't they don't like when they don't want to hit it. And yeah. then they're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll get to it tomorrow or later or because or just. And that's where the accountability fails them because they, they, they don't take that personal responsibility. They almost negotiate with themselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. People grow up resisting structure, myself included. Sure. You know, certainly going through the public school system, I hated that structure, especially if it didn't make sense, which most of it didn't in the environment that I was in. But when you start to realize what your passion is and where you want to be at the end of the day, you're going to need structure to get there, whether it's structuring a meeting, whether it's structuring your system on posting for an agent, your day, what that looks like when you're going to make your calls, when you're going to go on appointments, what appointments are you going to go on? What's a good use of your time? You really got to figure that out. Or what's your favorite line? If you don't have a plan, you're planning to... No. For preparing, uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Yeah, there you go. Or the tongue twister up? version. Uh, no, it's a Ben Franklin quote. He and I share the same birthday, so we're, uh, so, yeah, we're, you we're right just, on. It's nice. a Tom Tool quote. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. That, that, that's another one I like. It's got a nice yeah. alliteration in that one, too. But, I heard but that if, from Tyrese Maxey. Then he scored nice. 30 points. But it's the truth, <laughs> right? And so the like that comment that I saw on that Inman article where it's like, you got to live a little. Sure, I get that. But if you're super focused and, and most salespeople, most people, entrepreneurs, building a business, building something that they're going to end up in a place 10 years that nobody around them could ever even imagine of ending up had to have this real focus and accountability on the thing. Well, it, it, you talked about Tim Gro Grover and he's really big on focus in that he has this thing he talks about where you hear like, oh, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Right. You hear, you know, you know how fast marathon runners run a mile. Right. Under five minutes. I've done that once in my life when I was like, and that was the race I ran, but they're doing that every time for 26 miles. So they're basically sprinting the entire time because they have a certain amount of time to win the race. And that's, right. that's what entrepreneurs do. They say, all right, I got two hours to make calls, right? Like a real estate salesperson, they sprint those whole two hours. They don't take their time and oh, I'm going to go get some coffee. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to Go, go see what the... Eric's on the bathroom 14 times. <laughs> yeah, like, I, drink, I drink Metamucil. It's fiber. It <laughs> goes right through me, but I'm straight logs now. Yeah. I'm a, dilly, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> we're not doing we're not dilly. Please. That just came out. <laughs> Pun intended. Get, yeah, that was disgusting. <laughs> <That's the clip. laughs> straight logs. <laughs> God. That was How's horrible. It, oh 
hasn't even eaten anything today. And I'm surprised I haven't gone in the middle glad, of this podcast. I'm, I'm glad this is on the Tom Tool podcast. Yeah. And not the, yeah, uh, this is yours. Not the KCM keeping Yeah, sorry. Numbers. I didn't mean to derail. No, it's on the barrels. Continue to talk about Tim Grover. I want to hear, I wanna hear more about it. So, where do we leave off? I'm just going to start at the top because that log count. No, no, is... that's going to stay in. All right. That's, that's, uh, that's okay. 100%. But, but they're sprinting the entire 26 miles. And, and that's what people don't get. And a lot of people think, okay, well, I've got all year to hit my goal. Well, guess what? Like, we're filming this in April right now. The year's like a third of the way over at this course, point. Yeah. So it, it's that focus is. The year started in October, November. Agreed. Um, the focus is whatever time you have, you've got to go all out during that time. And that's what entrepreneurs do. That's what people that are high achievers do. And, and I think that's what gets lost in some, or like Rome wasn't built in a day. People look at Eric, the broke agent, and it's like, oh, I just want to be fun, have, you know, have fun. But to your point, Marathon, Eric just said he's been seven years, seven years yeah. on that account to get to the point. Of where we're going with it on bam. next Monday, April 18th. Bam. Be looking for that. Broke Agent Media. Broke Agent Media. But that's seven years of a marathon to get to the point, to have the leverage, to have the following, to be able to go and launch something like mm-hmm. Bam. I mean, I've been doing these news podcasts for years to get to a place where I could be a partner on Bam and and go and really focus in on real estate news. But Doing that consistently, having a routine around that, doing it every single week without maybe seeing a result initially, to your point. And not missing either, staying yeah. consistent. That's why I think like people notice when you miss. They may not like always pay attention to the episode you put out every week or every day or whatever your cadence is. When you miss, people notice. Yeah. No, 100%. All right. What's what's working right now for you on the on the team side? You guys have grown like wildfire. Tom Tool team. Tom Tool Sales, sales group. team, yes. sales group, yeah. something like that. Pennsylvania has I, these I mean, crazy laws, and yeah. uh, you have to have the, the team leader's name. You you went through something. I went like through this. this in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, the law is different, but so and I have a funny name, so I guess that works. Yeah. But you have to have the team leader's name in in the, in the team. Um, Growth's been tremendous. We got Josh here. Well, from, I, that's from why team. I wanted to talk about guys like him, right? Yeah. Cultural fit who are ready to work, and I think that I mean it's you can't bend your standards with who you're looking for yeah, because 100%. when you bring the people in that maybe. It's not about selling real estate for them, or um, they like the idea of being on a, on a team, but then they don't see how hard the work is. You know, I mean, some, Josh is here, and he's here getting better at a conference, and he's here working on his skills, and that's the kind of person that is going to grow. A lot of people, and you've probably seen this on, on your team, and we've seen it on other people's teams, um, that they come and they think it's going to be automatic when they show up, and right. they're just going to do deals, but you still have to make the calls, hit the numbers every day, and that's the not fun part of real estate, and that's how... I became successful. I know you did the same thing. We talked all the time about how we scaled listings. And that's just what we focused on. Yeah. But if you're not teaching that to your people, and I know that's a skill Josh has been working on aggressively, and we constantly talk about it because that's the hardest thing. And if you can work on that, and it's going to take time, that's when you have a business that's unbeatable with all this big tech coming after your commission and all the other disruption happening in, in the industry right now. Real estate teams are clearly in the power position in real estate. They've taken over. They're doing the majority of the deals. The data's out there. You can look it up. How has scaling your team with, with to bigger numbers, especially the last 12, 18 months, helped culture and how has it hurt culture? So I, I think like any um, organization, um, after the pandemic hit, uh, I think people's, everyone's kind of like priorities changed a little bit. Some people kind of changed their mindset yeah. around work. Um, a lot of changes. A lot of changes. And, and that's, to me, that was an opportunity because it's, you don't often get like a chance to reset. So we had some breakage, um, and then we realized we need to get back to our core focus, right? You're, you're in EOS. What's your core focus? For us, it's selling houses. I yep. think that it's easy for real estate right. teams. 
Um, and if it's not about selling houses, then I shouldn't be working on it. Yeah. Period. End of story. And like this social, like videos and all this stuff is great. But our goal with the stuff we put out there is to attract people that we could get into our funnel and sell a house to or sell a house for. If it's anything besides that, you're, you're just doing everyone a disservice. So what we did is looked at what is it going to take? What's our ideal agent look like? And what's going to be the people that are going to want to work with us too? Cause it's got to be a two way street. And if we don't think it's going to be a fit, we don't hire them. And, and the, the amount of people that come in that want to get into real estate, I mean, you've seen the numbers. It's, it, it's insane until they see what's involved with it. And that's why there's such a high failure rate. You mentioned EOS. Even the broke agent knows what EOS is now. I have no idea what that is. The L10 meeting. Oh, yeah. We had our first L10 meeting. Eric, cool. I Eric, liked it. Eric knows. Yeah. Those I liked meetings it a lot. are the best meetings you'll ever it, run. It, it, Honestly, when we were going through it, Byron was describing it for the first 10 minutes. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be like a waste of time. I was and actually then, nervous about describing it to you. Yeah. In the you beginning. Should, you should have been. I was nervous because yeah. I'm like, he's, I kind of held off for like three weeks because I'm like, he's just going <laughs> to, oh, come on. He's going to rip me to shreds about, you know, ha having a format about with, so if you don't know what EOS and, and L10 and all this stuff means, you know, go It's read, an operating system for a small business. Exactly. Go read the book. Um, traction. Do they have you, to read a book or can you just explain you can, it right here? We, we can explain it. So the, so the L10 meeting, which I want to get your, well, I'll explain what the L10 meeting it, is. I for the record. And then yeah. I, I want to get um, your opinion on it because you just went through it. So an L10 meeting and you can use the software 90, which we're using. 90, we use it too. Which gives you a shot clock for each category of the meeting. What happens a lot of times when you're building, whether you're, it's just you and an assistant right now or a small team or whatever, you and your vendors, you're having meetings where you're just getting on a Zoom call and you're just throwing like everything in your head out there. And maybe somebody's- There's no agenda. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. no agenda. There's no nothing to keep you on a schedule. Mm -hmm. And when you do it this way, you actually get a lot more done. It moves a whole heck of a lot faster, the progress within your company. So they start with a segue. We skipped the segue because I knew you'd rip me on that. But the segue is like, you know, like- it's wins for the week. We changed you know, it to wins for the week. I didn't yeah, like. The, I didn't like the title segue. Wings going, for the week. Wins. Wins. Oh, like wings. Buffalo. <laughs> what's going good for you personally? What's going good for you business? We only like do a, business. Like a win on each. We just, yeah, you we, just do the business. Yes. Okay. Like, so it's just a nice soft opening, especially if you haven't talked to the people in a week. We we do it with the real estate uh, leadership team because maybe I haven't talked to them all week or whatever. So uh, then you get into basically what were the headlines for the company because a lot of times when you have leadership in a company that's growing, you have a lot of this back channeling going on. You know, if the three of us were working together on a company and there was three other, you know, members of, of the leadership team, I may say something to Tom and Tom may or may not tell Eric about it, but Eric at some point needs to know we're just maybe because we had an in-depth conversation about it, assuming Eric knows, but mm -hmm. he doesn't know. And he kind of misses that headline. So w once a week, it's like, okay, you know, this person achieved this level or we hired, we made this higher or this person got fired or, you know, we hit this number. It's a headline that everybody in the business should be aware of. Uh, then you go, and I don't know if I'm going in the right order, but you go to your to do's. You, well, um, you, go, you go to your company rocks, oh, you go to, right? You those go are to your company rocks. Those you go are your, your quarterly scorecard. goals, basically. Yeah. Your company, uh, your company rocks are your 90 day goals. Then you go to your scorecard, which is measuring those 90 day goals. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing? You know, and it's tied to week, math. Like, week. let's be clear about I, 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 this is one thing I learned is it's got to be tied to math because yeah. either you hit it or you don't, there's no in between. That's right. It's, it's yes or no. Uh, we did it or we didn't. We're on pace or we're not with, with the rocks. So you got the rocks, 
You got your scorecard to measure that. Then you got your to-dos, which is your weekly stuff, your to-do list, which is the nice thing about 90. And this is not a pit. We have no affiliate link for 90 in here, which unfortunately. Yeah, we should. We should. Um, but basically, it keeps that running to-do list, right? So you look at what was done last week, and then you get into the bulk of your meeting, which is the IDS. Yeah, yeah the issues list. The issues list. So that's where... You know, if something comes up on a Thursday and you throw it in the Slack channel, do we all need to comment about it or can it wait until Monday's L10 meeting where you're going to throw in the issue list? We're all going to talk about the issue and we're going to solve the problem. What's the problem we're trying to solve? I'll take it one step further that it actually gives people time to reflect on things instead of being reactionary, which is to me a big mistake business people make. They hear something, they're like, I got to fix it right away. So right. It's probably not going to happen right away. Um, not everything's a priority. Yeah. And, and so it's identify, uh, discuss and solve, which yeah. to me is, is, is a great formula. And then people can think about it and prep because what this does too is with those meetings you talked about, like the zoom you jump on, how many times you've been to a meeting and someone wasn't prepped. Right. And it, 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 it drives me nuts. And I, I want to kind of like call off the meeting because I'm prepped. I got an agenda. I've got my stuff written down. This forces people to prep. And they've got to come, hey, I got this done. I didn't get this done. Here's my numbers for the week. they got to think about the meeting. So it goes faster to your point. You're not like you have the 90 minutes or we do them for all our departments. So it's even shorter. It's a it's a valuable meeting. And you get so much more done in that time period instead of you shoot the shit and all, all that stuff that happens. It, and it forces you to have an owner for each yes. task, right? Who's going to own that? And so after that issue session, you've got another to-do rundown of what the new uh, to-dos are, and then you just conclude the meeting. You kind of rate the meeting. But Eric just went through his first L10. I was nervous to show it to you a little bit because I knew we had to get there, game changer for BAM. Um, But what were your thoughts on on having that kind of full structure? First off, if if you don't want to read the book after watching all this, then I don't know what to tell you because that was a glowing glowing review of the entire thing right there. If you want to read another 100 pages about that, that sounds exhilarating. (laughs) Um, I loved it because... There's a little more to it besides the meeting structure. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. I'm sure there is. Um, What I really liked about the meeting is afterwards I got an email that divvied up my tasks and showed exactly what we wanted to work on. And then we also prioritized what we needed to work on in in a... each order That's or right. in the order. And that just really helped because like you said, we were just throwing shit against the wall and just not walking away with, okay, Eric's going to do this. Byron's going to do this. Jill's going to do this. And now we have all these tasks that we have to be accountable for, for next meeting to say like, Hey, did you follow up with this person? Did you get this person as a contributor? So I really liked it. I was going to text you about it, but yeah, I was no, scared I'm, to text you. I'm, a- <laughs> I'm actually really happy that you liked it yeah. because can you see where even just, this first week, we're going to move faster. Yeah, but right? I've been good in meetings. I don't know why you'd be oh, scared yeah. to no. tell me. Well, well think no, about no, you guys good. are scaling a business though, right? I went through this. I mean, we've had meetings where you like you get together and the leadership team's there and it's like, all right, what do we got to talk about? And it's like, it, it's it's not as efficient. It just, I mean, yeah. so many meetings. How many times you've been in a meeting goes on 45 minutes or an hour and you could have got it done in 20 to 20 to 30. For sure. And time's the only asset we have that's going to, like, you, you can, if you can do something else with that 15 or 20 minutes, it's just so much more valuable for you. You can make a meme, right? I mean, you could uh, you could do <laughs> your, your growth, whether you're a La- single laugh agent. Laugh it up. We're creating the biggest media company in the world because of these I'm, memes. I'm kidding. That's I'm right. kidding. And, and so what I'm excited to be a part of it. For, like, oh, you're I'll not a part of it side. anymore. Okay. Yeah, Tom, I'll take my article back. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want you anywhere near this company. Tom Tool, the biggest BAM contributor of all time. <laughs> yeah. Zero point The mic keeps articles. getting closer to your face every time I look at you. Is that thing moving? Yes. <laughs> that, that arm is going to start putting you in a headlock over there. Um, no, listen, if you, it, whether, whether, wherever you are in your business, single agent, team, whatever, 
Like if you can move what you would, would have taken you three weeks in one week and you keep compounding that, like just think about how far ahead you're going to be in a year, two years, three years. That's what we want to do with all of our companies, right? We want to mm-hmm. move so fast where the growth and the value and the equity of that company is, is there three years ahead of schedule. Yep. So, well, I mean, that, that's the value in it is that you, you get, there's more accountability around it. You either got the task done or you didn't, right? It's yeah. the same thing we're talking about with numbers and, and everything else. And you talk about accountability, you're doing your numbers reporting in the meeting. Most right. companies don't do that. They don't tie the marketing goals to math. Yeah. It's like, oh, we want more exposure. Well, what does that mean? You want five more people looking at your stuff? I mean, it just, it's specific, measurable, and there's accountability involved. And it's timed. Yeah. All right, what do you think is going to happen the rest of the year here? We're, we're sitting here at the, the Boomtown event. Boomtown United. Charleston, you know, best CRM on the planet. Boomtown. Wow, look at that. Boomtownry.com slash overask. So, sign go. up through there. Sign up through the overask link. Yep. Uh, actually, you should sign up through the 5 a.m. 5 a.m. link. We'll, yeah. We'll put the 5 a.m. link in the description to make it easier for you to. <laughs> you can click pick that. which one delivers yeah, more we'll value. Click, click either one. Uh, what do you think is going to happen the rest of the year here? We just talked about this yesterday. And. In February, there was 10,000 more units available than January. Mm-hmm. And this reminds me of when, because I live in fascist Pennsylvania, and we couldn't do anything in real estate when the pandemic hit. It's just got taken down from YouTube. Yes, it's, uh, it's, we, I live in Pennsylvania, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we watched, remember the showing time graph during the pandemic where yeah. you saw the showing activity? We were literally the last state, but when we saw that first upswing on showing activity, that's when I knew things were going to go the other way, and I had some relief. Given what's going on with rates, I mean, they're past 5% now. Yeah. That was supposed to happen at the end of the year, not you in think April. they'll hit 6? They could. Um, I don't know if they're going to go to 6. I would bet on 5.5. Okay. I, I see 5.5 likely. Right, I mean, Nobody knows. but it's, well, I mean, that's, that's my guess. Yeah. Um, and knowing that we're in April right now, and we, we live in very seasonal markets where you got that run up until about like the 4th of July, and everyone goes down to the beach, they drink a bunch of White Claws, all that stuff. Um, I anticipate that once we get through this spring market, you're going to see inventory start to sit a little more because the demand is going to subside. It's not going to go up a crazy amount, but we're going to see a little bit of an increase and just a little relief. And maybe it's not homes aren't selling in two days. Maybe they're selling in 10 days. Maybe they're selling in 14 days. It's going to be a slow, it's not a bubble burst. It's just a return to normalcy because right now in our marketplace, the average time on the market is 23 days used to be 60 to 65. It's less than half. So everybody's waiting for this huge bubble to burst. Prices aren't going to go down. It's just yeah, going to be more, a little more inventory. Prices aren't going anywhere. I think what we're going to actually have, and I'm just starting to talk about this. I just put a phrase around it recently. I think we're going to have a cold war in real estate. I think if interest rates get close to six, which they can. Agreed. They can. There's no you're, question. You're going to six have, rate rises, right? I mean, that's what the Fed's exactly. doing. You're going to have buyers that will drop out because of that some we've already all. we've already seen them start to drop out they just can't afford it and, anymore and then you're going to have people that won't list you would think okay interest rates are up people are like ah, i gotta list my you know no i think you're gonna have people that won't list because they're like i'm sitting at three percent two and a half percent three and a half percent i'm under four like the majority of homeowners so you have all these people that don't list people that drop out of buying and you're going to have a paused real estate market for a period of time when they do get up to whatever it is, five and a half or six, mm-hmm. and you're going to have a cold war period of real estate where nothing happens. So I, I, I could I could see that happening for sure. And I'll actually take this one step further. Um, the people with mortgage rates at like three and a quarter, that's the best hedge against inflation right now. Of course. Th- th- there's no question. 
you're seeing this exponential increase in prices and they're happy in their homes. And what I always take it back to in these situations, people are like, well, there's this cold war buyer and what are we going to do? Here's what I know. There's going to be people that move anyway. They got their, they got three kids or the wife's pregnant with two kids and they're in like a one bedroom condo. There's a divorce. But there's could you see twenty percent less deals? We're already seeing ten percent less transactions right now. I would I would anticipate that there's going to be a lot of agents that drop out of the business because they're not used to showing these agents. A lot of agents out there right now they're order takers, and yeah. I, I I it's not the, good or bad. They just show up, and sometimes that home's going to sell to whoever is the first agent that talks to that buyer because the buyer's so well informed, and yeah. that's that's been a challenge for a lot of new agents. They don't know how to go out and actually craft a deal, negotiate a sale ask the right questions to find out if the person's motivated or not. They're just picking up the phone. And part of that's, you know, self-induced on agents because with Zillow Flex and all these different accounts and, and these things that are out there, the agents that know how to determine motivation, they're the ones that are going to take market share. And it's going to be very similar, what you're talking about, to like 2008, 2009, which yeah. I went through and that was hard. You think this market's hard? Jump in the DeLorean and go back to 2008. The that DeLorean. was hard. I thought that was a car. No, that's the time machine. That's the time machine. You ever seen Back to the Future, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It must be another car that sounds just like that. You look like Marty McFly in that jacket, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, don't call me a chicken. Now, <laughs> listen. I agree with you a hundred percent that there are harder markets than this. Hundred percent. And agents don't realize that. Like I know when I got into the business, every single day I had to have conversations with sellers about why they weren't getting showings. What Byron, like, can you spend X amount of money on print advertising? I remember should, those questions. Should we be going into the Wall Street Journal? We're not getting the New York buyer. Blah, 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 blah. You had these exhausting, long phone conversations. Then you'd have to go back to the house and basically repitch your value. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Josh, when did you get into the business? 2019. So this sounds ridiculous, right? Josh, you might not have heard him in the background. He just said he got into the business 2019. If you're listening to this and you got into the business in 2017 or after... This sounds so foreign to you, but you would have a listing. We would be signing listings for a year. It would take this, a year to sell. It would take a year or more to sell. Sometimes you didn't even want to be that first agent. You want to but, be the third agent. I built a whole career on this. A hundred percent. But you would literally have to go back in three months, meet with your seller and repitch your value all over again. Byron, this, you know, we've had two showings in three months. You know, you're doing all the social stuff, but I think we need to be in the Wall Street Journal. We're not, and you, you know, we're talking about a five thousand dollar commission check, and they want you to spend fifteen thousand dollars on the Wall Street Journal print ads. And so you'd have to go back to the house, you'd have to show them the numbers, you'd have to spend another hour and a half with them at the dining room table, and they're you know freaking out. They're like, you know, I paid X amount in two thousand seven, and you just had these conversations all day long. So. Yes, it's hard to get in your car and take buyers out to properties that have 30 other offers on them and you're making five offers right now to one to get a buyer under contract, but it's just as hard sitting there having a conversation with somebody knowing there is absolutely no buyers in the market or there's a very small segment of buyers in the market for their property and you might not even be competing against the wrong price. You're just competing around around finding the right eyeball for the property. So when I was my my first or second year in the business, I had I had this uh, mentor uh, that's still with our firm, and we I, it, this was before like Zillow was a thing, right? This is 2005, um, and I said to him, and I'll never forget this. He's like, well, when people ask the marketing strategy, what am I supposed to tell them? Internet marketing and price drops, because that's really what it is, and it, that's the portal people get through, and and it was, it was something we still joke about, but. 
that's the only thing that worked then. You had to either reprice the home to a number that was so attractive to someone, they couldn't pass it up. You had to have these meetings showing people, well, here's the data that said prices are down 10% year over year. And, you know, this is 2008, 09, 10. And at one point, during, I was carrying like 40 to 45 listings. I mean, because nothing was selling. You had to just increase your odds of getting of getting things done. Now, that's scalable with listings. You can't do it with buyers. The thing about this market is that people have intent right now. Like, that's that, that's what a lot of folks didn't have. Like, buyers, I mean, they look at sometimes like 30, 40 homes. And they wouldn't buy anything. Nothing. They'd be like, I think it's still going to go lower. I think there's still an opportunity mm-hmm. out there for me. It got a little crazy because it's like, how, but, how low? But it's all about motivation, though. Because yeah. the people you needed to work with then were... The estate sale, the divorce sale, the the house is too small. Those people that I've been that person, right? You got kids. Once that house gets too small, you don't even want to go home. Like it's like I got to get right. out of here. That's why I'm in Charleston right now. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. You're on the road every week. I'm on the road every week. My house is getting smaller by the day. <laughs> but it's it's motivation that survives every single real estate market that's out there. And if you don't know how to find it, then when the market does go to this cold war that you're talking about, or even it just doesn't get as easy as it has been because it has been easy. People fall into deals all the time. Yeah. It's about finding that motivation. No matter what, that's what you need to know because if they're not that motivated, they're not going to listen and they're not going to transact and they're going to waste your time. You don't get paid until you sell the house. Another black and white thing. You either sell the home or you don't, just like accountability. Yeah. I got to write a blog on that, the Cold War of real estate. I like it. It's a great term. Media. Yeah. I remember in 2014, 13, when I was an assistant for an agent in Beverly Hills, doing that same thing where we had to track the amount of showings and represent it to the uh, the seller. And we yeah. would show them like, hey, we did this Facebook boost and we reached this amount of views. We're redoing the brochure or mm-hmm. something like that. Let's get a print ad in the LA Times. All day you're spending your time on Getting this. MLS caravan ads. So that was my entire job was as the marketing assistant was like writing these ads and making sure all these ads were scheduled. I remember thinking like, this is a nightmare to keep doing this. Like we have to keep going back to the seller who's constantly pissed yeah. off at us. Yeah, constantly and now, furious. And now imagine a seller. So if we go back to that time again, scrolling through Instagram and then they see their agent like pointing at captions on Instagram reels and their house has been sitting for like 50, 60, 70 days. That would be infuriating. Right. You're just dancing on reels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time you see your market. agent, you're asking for an making update. making fun of their clients. Those are the best reels. Like, I'm going to make fun of my clients and their bad decisions. Exactly. Maybe. And you're right about that. Like when people share content of mine of them making fun of their clients, I'm always kind of like, I mean, do it at your own discretion here. But yeah, it's yeah. not a good look to do that. Keep sharing my content, of course, but right. maybe not the ones of you calling your seller an asshole for checking up on you. No, I mean that's a place for you. That's a place for you to go and like have some fun with it. But like sharing it and tagging your seller is not. not <laughs> no one <good>. does that. <laughs> hey, man, this is you. Remember, you asked me how many people came through the open house. Power uh, move. That's just how to, that is a power. You're about move. to fire the seller. That's what you do. That's, that's the move. true. I like that. It'll be interesting. Right now, you made a great point. Right now, you have a lot of agents that are making content on IG Reels about themselves, their dance moves, their looks, whatever. When you have a shift in a market where homes aren't selling, they better figure out a way to make it about the house, Mm -hmm. but in an engaging way where you can get a large audience interested in actually seeing the house, not your typical home tour. Yeah, a lot of agents are trying to become many influencers, many celebrities. Many broke agents. Many broke agents and and are so focused on growing their internet persona that they are kind of shying away from actual actionable content. 
But yeah. Dan O'Neill does a good job where he does funny. He does con- a great job. He does funny content, but that funny content leads to showing the actual house. Yes. And Brad McCollum, who doesn't do funny content, he who is funny, but his YouTube videos, it's not about like him and like how incredible the video is. It actually yeah. shows the house in an incredibly intriguing way. So the agents that master the edutainment aspect of that are the ones that are going to crush it. Tim Smith, California, does a great job with yep. his videos, uh, his YouTube videos, and and they're like edgy. So they, he gets a lot of debates going. Mm-hmm. The edgiest the one by far is the, the pandemic one. one. Yeah, well, he had the his and the hers, you know. But the, I didn't see that the one. twin sister one. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. You never saw this video. I don't know. No. You probably would have. This is out of control. Replayed it on the account if you've seen it. I'm surprised you didn't see it. So. Basically, what happened was, you know, during the quarantine, everybody was staying at home. Tim Smith sells. He's good, like, number one team, Newport Beach area. So, he got this beautiful listing. I don't know, $15 million or whatever the listing is. Got like, a pool and, like, the bedroom opens up to the pool. It's like, it's, you see it in, like, a like a movie or something. And this guy's, like, having a dream, right? Yes. And he keeps dreaming about... There's a dream, all right. <laughs> like, his quarantine dream. And it's basically the wife's sister. Or twin the, sister. Twin sister, right. Quite a birthmark somewhere or something. And then they're walking out of the shower together. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you got me again. And it, <laughs> oh, my God. And then the wife walks in. But, like, all these scenes. And everyone was happy. Are they the actually way, twins? Are happening in the house. No, it was a fake, you know, it was, it was the same person playing the same role. But, it, you know, it was, it, was a, it, was, it was an actor. And, uh, you know, and he was dreaming that she had a twin sister or whatever. Mm-hmm. But really. No, I understand the concept. You got yes. it. Yeah. The Lopez twins from the yeah. NBA. Exactly. Okay, got it. Anyways, <laughs> Brooke. People went crazy. They're like, you know, this is, you know, demeaning to to women. All this stuff. Well, the thing was, that video went viral, and the one he put out before that, which was the reverse, it was her dream. Mm-hmm. He actually put that one out first. Just didn't go viral, so nobody saw it, mm-hmm. right? Because like, I, I, I guess, didn't even know there was a second one until right now. Yeah, I guess her dream wasn't as you know viral as. His dream was, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. sure. But of you course, know, like, yeah. Like Tom Ferry says, it got a conversation going, and Tim Smith gets a call in Newport Beach for all of these luxury homes, and they say, Tim, your videos get attention. We want you to do a video. We don't want you to do that video, but we want yeah. you to do a video. So not yeah. every video. Teach me how to Duffy was 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 another. Teach me how to Duffy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's Tim yeah. Smith. Yeah. yeah. Teach me how to Duffy was an iconic. Tim real Smith estate. for the listing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an iconic real estate listing and i and i as the market shifts agents are gonna have to go back to that mm-hmm. i do but remember Brad's reporting example, all those things like i'd be here's your here's your internet traffic and and all that i mean it, it was tough and yeah showing the facebook boost was ridiculous being like yeah we spent you know a hundred plus dollars my move a day was, on this yeah, one ten thousand people see this home and you got zero offers yeah. right what do you want me to do I, I mean it was a little more eloquent than that but that's that's what you had to do mm-hmm. there was a lot of situations that especially early on for me I think in my first 12 to 18 months, I collected, I say collected because that's literally what I was doing, 50 listings. Like I was just grabbing listings. And there was a lot of situations where I'm investing in all of these listings to build my brand because I'm coming in in 2012 and everybody's getting out of the business in Connecticut. And you just really had those top agents continuing to win. And so the way I was going to build my brand was get getting listings. But there was a lot of them early on where I was spending half or more of what I would even get on a commission and then they wouldn't even sell and I'd have to fight to re-up for year two. Mm -hmm. But it gave me the ability to meet so many people on the buy side. It gave gave me that voice in the market. And and you get people coming in, like maybe they don't want to buy that home, but they're serious about buying. And 
this is the one the one time I, I at least in, as long as I've been doing this that you wanted to motivate a buyer. You didn't want to, like, even if they were going to look at a bunch of homes because you needed someone that was going to transact at that point. I mean that yeah. was the that that was the idea because some of these people they were just they were they were so uncertain about their jobs or the economy because it was it, it was in such you know shambles because of the institutional failure on the lending side. Bobby's deep breathing over there. I don't know if we got to yeah, shut right. this podcast down. Yeah. Or what, what happened, Bobby? Not to Sounds like you're having oh, a you're panic attack, attack over like there. Eric on the, on the Pineda podcast. <laughs> yeah, had a coughing brutal. episode. It was terrible. Yeah. I don't know how we stopped that. You can just sneeze. It's, this is a human... Uh, I'm good. Yeah, if anyone has to fart or anything, please yeah. just let it out. Yeah. Just go outside. Yeah. <laughs> this is a small little hotel room we're at here at the Dewberry in Charleston. That's not what Eric called the, uh, the Dewberry. <laughs> what, yeah, what did I, I call it? The yeah, I did call it that. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say it. Definitely bleep that out. Bobby. That's, that's insane. Uh, did Eric... Yeah, of course he goes, he goes, I'm staying at the, at the, at the Barry. Insert, right, uh, your, insert your own prefix. For, for all of my friends out there listening to this, don't let Eric and Tom be a reflection of my professional. No, no. Byron on, is on as straight time. edge as yeah, you get. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. I don't think anyone uses the F word more than you that, that I know. But. That, you know, here's the thing. Bobby can attest to this. How often do I use the F word on podcasts, though? Oh, on podcasts? Like, never. Like, I don't use never. the F word either on podcasts. Right. But, but people watch, people actually watch my content and they'll be like, oh, you swear a lot. I'm like, I never do on Instagram or my content, but it's because I take such a like definitive. It seems stance. like you're yelling at people. It seems like I'm swearing, but I Can never you shut do. Shut that thing off, please. Yeah, I'm going to shut this thing off. Oh, this is Nicole White FaceTiming. Should oh, we uh, on the pod? Answer. If you think it's good content, no, I don't think it'll be good. She's. She's had a birthday lunch all day. So uh, that sounds miserable. Awful. But uh, yeah, I rarely swear. I, I don't either, yeah. yeah. I've seen people speak at these conferences before and they swear right on stage. I think it immediately loses the audience's credibility. Like they, Unless you're Gary Vaynerchuk or... Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk is not speaking at Boomtown Unite. So that's, uh, <laughs> no, he's not? No. Oh, we no. are though, Tom. Yes. Flying out tonight then. I thought, yes. I thought he was the keynote. I mean, we, it took him three years for him to do the 5 a.m. call. So, I mean, it's, he's, he's a big deal. Legit though, but he did it. He did, and we and he followed through. He did, he did. But it actually, yeah, it took three or four years of. We had him on camera. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah, it was. Or two thousand eighteen. I, January I remember 2018. when that was. At January, Asian twenty twenty one. Yeah, so I guess three and a half years. Yeah, whatever it was, uh, where he said yes, I'll do the podcast, and then we had to like follow up numerous times. And to his credit, he did it. And he he did. He's like, yeah, you know what? I actually do remember saying that, but yeah. That, I mean, those guys get put in a tough spot, and I appreciate him following through because you meet someone like, oh, of course I'll do it. Call my people. And right. then they usually blow you off like 95% of the time. Yeah, you stuck a camera in his face and then asked him to do your well, podcast? This, this, no, this no, was no, at no. Dolphin Stadium. It was <laughs> it's his, ridiculous. It was his event. His event, yeah. Yeah. And we had a little like... Uh, it was a meet and greet afterwards because we had, we had some yeah, VIP tickets or Tom, something. Tom Ferry set it up, whatever. And so Gary's giving... He had a new book, so he's like promoting his book and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And so he wanted to meet everybody... And somebody else was, I didn't have like the, the selfie mode, but somebody was like filming us at the time. And I was just like, Hey, we got this 5am call. We'd love to have you on. He's like, done. Like before I even got the word, I was like, done. I'm on it. And Nicole White squealed. His and assistant's then, uh... right there. And he's like, talk, you know, talk to uh, whatever his name was. And, and so it just, things like that, when they actually come through, people are like, you know, thinking it'd be so easy to get a guy like Gary or, you know, He's not speaking at Boontown. They don't want to pay the fee, but these people are freaking busy, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, he well, didn't he book like literally six minutes in his calendar for you guys? Like yeah. that, but then, then he, <laughs> yeah. but then he he went over. But it was he we, uh, Scott Campa, who's who helps us run the call. 
he sends us he's like literally it's six minutes in the calendar and i'm like that's amazing and we did 22 of them so somebody got screwed someone got bumped probably staff or something yeah but uh you know follow up right and and gary the reason why he doesn't have time because he's if you follow his content i know he talks about kindness and all this stuff a lot but he also talks about what we started this podcast with accountability and focus yeah all the time and it's why a guy like him has gotten to where he is right all right let's wrap it up there tom let's uh give us like you know one last thought whether it's accountability or some other direction on on uh what's top of mind for tom tool top of mind right now um i mean we're we're in the super competitive market for agents um and just getting offers accepted if you're a listing agent you're able to list at a high level congratulations this is your time for the other people out there Someone just fart over there. Yeah, how was Jeez. that? Bobby, was that keep a, it in your pants. Oh, Water Jesus. Bobby, come it's, it's, on. It did I thought. God. <laughs> you did a call with our team recently about the aggressive agent versus the passive agent. Yeah. And, and, active, and I say active versus passive. Okay. Yeah, being aggressive is a good thing. But it, it's aggressive isn't a negative thing. And I don't, I don't think people should think that. Great. And, I used to have him, the headline of my real estate bio for years. I'm an aggressive agent. Oh, my Line God. One. It's yeah. psychotic. Nobody... Nobody We'll get thrown in prison for having when, that in your to profile. To our now. conversation earlier, when homes are not, we're not selling. You people, had to be no. You, I'm I a psychotic people, agent. No one likes an aggressive <laughs> agent until you have one. Yeah, and that's the mindset folks need to have now because buyers are getting bombarded. Oh, I'm better than this agent. I'm better than that agent. Oh, I'll give you the the coming soon. Everyone's got the same coming soon list. It's all the same stuff. Um, you've got to be aggressive, and you've got to also think through your actions. I think there's actually a, a time not to just. You don't want to take mindless action. You want to be prepped and understand, here's what I'm going to do and why, and here's the outcome I'm trying to get, and then be aggressive once you plan it out. Because right now, a lot of agents, they're doing mindless things. They're, they're like bumblebees, right? They go from one flower to the next to the next. I'm going to try this. This isn't working. I only gave it two weeks. It's a long game right now if you want to build a sustainable business, and you got to be aggressive in doing it. you got to run the sprint when you have the time, like we talked about. But you have to have like a plan, like an actual business plan. And this doesn't get talked about enough. Like, Here's the lead pillars I want to work. Here's my intended outcome. Here's the numbers I'm trying to hit every day. And here's what it's going to do for my life. And if you got that kind of plan, that's who's going to win in 2022 and 2023, Cold War, whatever, good, bad market. That's who wins every time. Yeah. Tom freaking tool, my BF in real BFF. estate. And a contributor on BF Pam. would be boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, my BF. <laughs> a real estate no, no. boyfriend. Hey, well, actually, I don't know if Tom knows. Well, we can't tease that out on the... We can't tease that up. Between two lockboxes. Go follow that Instagram account. You're going to see me say something. I'm someone's boyfriend on it? Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. You'll hear me say something wild on the Between Two Lockboxes on my episode about Tom Tool. Go follow that account. Go follow Broke Agent Media on Instagram, April 18th. All that stuff drops with the Broke Agent himself. Tom Tool will be a contributor. And I just love you, brother. Looking forward to more, Seriously. more we, accountability we, with you. The accountability is what makes us better. All right, man. Wait, before we wrap up, can you tell them where to get that L90 book one time so we could just drop a link? L90. L90. No, so 90 is the software. Oh, okay. Uh, L10 is the... TractionTools.com. Yeah. If, you're, if you're on YouTube on this, I'm going to put it down in the description on YouTube. And hopefully we'll have an affiliate for this. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we'll have an affiliate for this. So... 
Go check it out. It's definitely worth it. Even if you just read the book and get the 90 software. I was kidding about this. You could, that was a joke. Well, you know that, right? I know, but I'm serious. I'm I'm not saying, no one wants to read this book. If, no, no, no. There's but, people out there that want to read this book. Yeah. Lunatics. Yeah. Hi, I'm Tom. The, nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, Skim through the book on the L10 section. You, you, so can, you can self-implement too. Better. I mean, I, Absolutely. I, I, I don't think yeah. it's something you need to like bring the implementer in and do all right. that stuff. This is self. I mean, we, we got a little bit, but we self-implemented most of it. If the broke agent likes it, you will too. All right, guys. Take care. See you next time.